Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Vavil UK's very own Newcastle United podcast, Tyne Warp. I'm your host, Harry Roy, and I'm joined, as usual, by my fellow NUFC Vavil office writer, Dan Wright. We thought Alex was going to be on again for this one. He agreed to time everything, half six. It's now seven o'clock in here, so we're going to crack on without him. He might join halfway through, but chances are it's not going to happen. The trio are cursed at this point. Anyways, we're back to finally talk about all things Newcastle, and where else to start other than Friday night? A 1-1 draw with Leeds, which means we still remain without a win in the Premier League this season. We'll get onto the game itself soon, but I think we ought to address the planned protests first. Dan, you were there. What was it like being there? What was the atmosphere like? Did we see many paper planes being thrown? Did we hear any whistles being blown? I've seen a fair few paper planes being thrown from the Leeds end near where I sit, but I don't think a single one seem to make it on the pitch and it was a bit low key to be honest. I didn't really it didn't really seem to have any effect. There's a banner at one point which you said got on Sky for a brief second. It was on for two, it was the Mags against Masters one, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a camera pan away so fast in my life. Like that bloke that's filmed that or cut to that has definitely been sacked. <laughs> yeah, probably. But no, nah, I I honestly completely forgot about it to be honest. Yeah, I don't think it went the way they would have hoped it to go, but yeah, it could have been could have been worse, could have been more embarrassing, but yeah, it was just low-key and I don't think it'll have any sort of impact. I don't think it was going to have any impact anyway, but yeah, I didn't really notice anything, to be honest. I think we all said the same thing, didn't we, last week? It was, we kind of knew this was going to happen. It's very difficult, this stage of protest. Yeah. We've talked about the match-going crowd is very different to the Twitter crowd you have with Newcastle, but 
that's just the way it is. But we'll, let's just get into the football. A 1-1 draw against Leeds last season, I would have been happy with, considering they had a really, really good year, finished top 10. But seems that teams have found out Leeds. They're not as good as what they were last season as, you know, on the basis of those first five games. They also are winless, Drew, with Burnley. Have, you know, have lost to some good sides, but at home against a side who have not won a game this season, I do feel Newcastle should be winning. The positive... Well, the, the huge positive from this game was the influence that Alan St. Maximan has on this team. The question is, Dan, is how many points realistically do we pick up without him? Because it's inevitable he's going to get injured at some point. Yeah, that's a huge worry because, like you say, Leeds haven't been brilliant this season. Certainly not looked like what they were last season. And it was a very even game. It was actually quite a decent game of football for a change. And But without him, it was a game of football that we would have definitely gone on to lose. And you just think that without him, we we are going to struggle big time to pick up any kind of points. So, yeah, that is a worry. He is just so good. Like, the goal, the patience, and finally we've seen some end product from him and some composure. It's great to say you just hope that we can keep a hold of him till at least the end of the season. He can keep us up for another season. I think we're all under no illusion here that the chances are he's going to be off yeah. either in January or he's going to be away in the summer. He's too good to play for this club in its current predicament. He's an absolute superstar. We've raved about him for the last couple of years he's been here and he just seems to be getting better and better every single game and his goal that he scored on Friday is just it just sums up him uh-huh. he's just a remarkable yeah. talent another positive I will take from the game is as well was the change of formation uh, it was it seemed it was influenced by Graham Jones this I know that'll sound quite cliche after the whole <laughs> Bruce stuff but we went from a back five we were a goal down it was a great goal from Rafinha maybe it could have been avoided but it's one of those things, but change of formation went back to a back four, which seemed to suit us a lot better. We were st- we were still wide open defensively, but we looked a lot more potent going forward. But was that down to just the way Leeds play? Because it's very much like a basketball game, isn't it? Playing against Leeds, it's up and down, up and down for ninety minutes. Yeah, no, I think that is it. Kind of suit us in a way because there was gaps in behind, and when we did get forward, we we created a lot more than we usually have been doing this season. So a lot of it could be the Leeds United element and going, yeah, they were more open, but I still think we should go for that same sort of outlook next time out and try and attack more because we've tried to play to our defensive strengths and we've conceded like up, right up there with the most goals in the division. It hasn't worked. I think we now need to look at the players and while we've got the likes of St Maxman fit, let's give him every chance that we can to get him on the ball, get him causing defensive problems and get us up up the table because it's not working with sitting back so we need to change it so in a back four you would say if we went there with four two three one formation or four four two would you yeah. play him as a striker or would you play him out wide because he's a natural winger really isn't he but is his influence mm-hmm. on this team too strong and not have him as a central striker just to try and get him involved and that attack him third as much as we can Personally, I think it's winger all day long, and I think he actually has more potential to have an impact on the game out wide. Because if he's, I know he's not the best at tracking back, but if he's picking the ball up deep, there's times when he can just drag the whole team twenty yards up the pitch without putting himself out much. And it's like when he's up front and up top, you don't have that a lot. So you a lot of the time he's waiting for the ball to come to him or a a decent ball to be played to him, which more often than not doesn't happen. So if he's if he can come a bit deeper, I know he necessarily doesn't want to do that, but I think 
he can have that impact on the team and I think he'll have a bigger impact slightly further back and further out wide where he, he might not be as congested in there and he might get to run at the full-back more. And I think that's, for me, in a 4-2-3-1, he has to play out wide. So, obviously, Callum Wilson would be the central striker. You'd have Armour Ron in the middle. Who would be the person out wide? Would it be Ryan Fraser? I feel like my opinion on Ryan Fraser is different from a lot of Newcastle fans, but I think there's a very talented footballer in there who hasn't really been given the chance in his best position yet at all. He hasn't really had a run of games in his position as a wide wing. Actually, it hasn't happened, actually. I think it, it was genuinely... it once, was it, against Blackburn in the Cup when he scored? I'm sure he played as a winger then. Like, That's yeah. the only time I can remember him. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, he's been like as one of these daft split strikers or a false number 10 or a or a centre midfielder. Some, it, it's just ridiculous. And he's getting criticism for not being a centre midfielder. The bloke's about five foot four. Like He is a winger. Yeah. He's a quick winger with good delivery. Put him out there and I'm sure he can put balls on Callum Wilson's head or to his feet. I think he's such a dangerous player and such an asset if you use him in the correct way. So I think a 4-2-3-1 with those three behind Callum Wilson would, would genuinely be really quite dangerous. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I just can't understand. I, I, if there, I think there'd be plenty of managers out there if they had Alan St. Maximan and Ryan Fraser as the two wingers. They wouldn't play a 5-3-2 formation. Isolate no. wingers completely and using split strikers and, and fullbacks makes no sense to me at all. But back to the game, a draw against Leeds, like I said last season, would have took. This season, probably not. We've had a bad start of the season. We're in the bottom three. Do you see that as a positive-ish result, or is that a game we're going to look back at the end of the season and go, should have won that one? I don't think it was a po- it's a positive result as such because I think the game was there to be won. Like either side could have nicked it. To be fair, it wasn't like we were really going for it. Both teams were looking pretty dangerous going forward. In terms of how I feel about the game, I guess I've got a bit of a positive look on it because I went to a game watching Newcastle and actually I quite enjoyed it. It was a decent game of football that we were we were always in the game really, especially second half. Once we got the equaliser, I always felt like we were in the game trying to win it, which is a rarity these days. So, in terms of the performance, I can look and go, there was a lot I liked. But in terms of the result, we need it's a game we needed to win, in my opinion, especially with the start we've had. Yeah, well, it leads us on to the, the next game. And I see this is the biggest game of the season by a country mile to date. Watford away a team you would suspect are going to be around us this season. I've had a pretty decent start, but the sides they've beaten, well, jury's out on them. Do you see this as a game that Steve Bruce needs to win to stay in a job? We've seen a few rumours on Twitter today that they're looking to line up Eddie Howe, but for me, there's nothing in that at the minute. So do you think this is a game that he absolutely needs to win to remain as the manager in charge of this football club? It really should be, because it doesn't... You can't really get much bigger six games in the season be playing one of the sides newly promoted when you've got two points from the opening five games. It it really feels like a must win already. We said about Southampton as well. This one actually feels a bit bigger than Southampton yeah. already. And yeah, Watford have looked all right, to be fair to them. I think a lot of people had them just penned to go straight down, but I think they have got a few players that can cause you problems. I look, you know, I'm a big fan of Saar. I think he's had a good start to the season as well. Um, you, Look at Liverpool, we're after him when Watford went down, but they, they held firm and they kept them. Fair play to them. Um, Dennis has scored. He looks like a solid solid sign and two goals to his name already. So, yeah, there's there's definitely players there that can cause us 
hurt and it's just I, we're not going into any confidence or any swagger against the team going down thinking yeah we can turn up here and have a chance it's it, it really feels nervy and on edge going into a game where at, at the start of the season you think you should be should be winning yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's a must-win game, and I, I look at the squad. They they beat Norwich three-one at the weekend. I, I watched Norwich play last night against Liverpool. They were atrocious. Anyone who finishes below Norwich in this league is, is almost guaranteed to be relegated. By the way, uh, I'm looking at Watford's team, and uh, you know I'm not an expert on them. Saar's a very good player. I like the look at Emmanuel Dennis. Musa Sissoko is an interesting signing. Mm. He will be well up for it on Saturday for many reasons. Yeah. But they've got Josh King leading the line. They've got Danny Rose playing left back who wasn't great for us two years ago so I don't know where he would be now. I look at that side and look, you know, Newcastle nearly man for man of a better side than Wofford and should be going there and winning but the, diff- the problem is, is is the confidence, isn't it? Yeah. We seem to be lacking in confidence. We can't get over the line in games. We can't win matches and what do you think the, the defeat here could do to the morale not just of the manager but of the players yeah I I just I can't see the club getting rid of him in terms of morale I think it would be quite demoralised and losing this game because after this you've got another tricky one at Wolves although I say tricky Wolves not also not started brilliantly but you look at that and yeah. go would you go with Wolves at any confidence then you're going into the international break if we still haven't won a game going into the international break it will be a toxic, toxic place to be. The morale will be absolutely shot. We'll probably be adrift by then if that happens. And it's Tottenham after the international break, isn't it? And it's Spurs, yeah. yeah. And it, you, you really just... If we're not winning or getting anything or not looking like getting anything from the likes of Watford or I'll, even Wolves, I'll include Wolves in that, then you really just do think, when are we going to win a game of football? And I think everyone will just... Everyone will be down after that. I think... This is the type of game that if we actually do want to try and stay up in the division, we need to at least show something. We've seen too many times we've just like surrendered in games like this where teams, they're not better than us necessarily. They might be more up for it and we'll just, oh, 1-0, 2-0. We need to show something. We need to show some fight. We showed some fight against Leeds. We need to see that against Watford. And I think if we play like we did against Leeds and be slightly more clinical, I think we can win this game. I do fancy us to win the game at the weekend. Looking at the games, they got beat off Stoke in the AFL Cup last night. I'm sure they'll have. It'll probably be in a second squad out because yeah, probably bottom sides don't really care about the cups. They see it as a hindrance. And actually, let's let's go off topic here and talk about the cups, right? I was thinking about this last night, right? If you were to get rid of the top four sides, so if you qualify for the Champions League in the Premier League, if you're disqualified from the EFL Cup, meaning that sides below will have a better chance of winning trophies, do you think more clubs would take it seriously? Because I certainly think it would. I'm not 100% sure because I still feel like if you do get rid of them, then it, it's kind of, it almost devalues the cup mm, competition a little bit. Yeah. And I'm not sure teams would be that bothered about it and it would sort of even itself out. Whereas, yeah, we've got more chance of winning, but actually does it count as a major top competition anymore? I, I don't know. I, I really think that wouldn't make too much of a difference in my opinion just thought I'd get your opinion on that I don't know I'd, I just, well for me and for you as well we've got a better chance of seeing our team get the win yeah. that would probably get knocked out by by Burnley on penalties again but yeah. looking at Watford's fixture sorry for going a bit off tangent there nah, we'll have to wait for the, the Papa John's trophy for our trip to Wembley <laughs> I think 
thing is that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> Watford's fixtures so far. They beat Villa on the opening day. You know, they brought how many new players in? How many did they have out injured? Opening day in front of the fans. Bit of a bit of a dead rubber. So they won that game. Lost to Brighton, who've had a great start of the season. Lost to Tottenham. And then they got beat off Wolves 2-0. Got dominated at home by Wolves, who've, like you've just said before, have not had a great start of the season. Got thumped off Brentford at the weekend. Yeah. And then beat Norwich 3-1, which... Beating, is beating Norwich an achievement at the minute? I, I don't see it. So I, I look at them games, I look at the squad and, and really feel the Newcastle should be winning this game. And anything other than that is a massive disappointment. Mm. But looking at the formation, back five's not worked. We've shipped them, well, in the first four games we've conceded more goals than any other Premier League side. Averaging four goals conceded a game. Went at the back four against Leeds and it seemed to work, we got a goal, we still didn't win the game, and we were still wide open at the back, but is that because you're playing against the lead side that are very, very attacking? It's hard one to call, but what do you think, would you go with the back four for this game, and if so, what formation, you know, would it be like 4-2-3-1, 4-4-2, what would you go for? Yeah, 100%, I think it needs to be changed, and I think the one we talked about a few minutes ago with a 4-2-3-1 of getting your best attacking players in their best positions is the one, and I think if we're talking about this game in particular, I don't know if Callum Wilson... Callum Wilson's probably not going to make it, right? That's We've not heard anything, though, have we? It, it's out, I, I've, when the, the news came out of his injury, it sounded a bit more long-term than this. I feel like it's he's a doubt, doubt at best, isn't he, really? So I think... And also, I think if you are playing the 43-1, I think Joe Linton's certainly not done himself any harm with his performances. Well, but he played all right at the, at the weekend. Didn't you he? either play him out wide in this 43-1... Or not at all. Like I think he was very good. He had a lot of good touches. He didn't do anything wrong particularly, but he never really looked that dangerous. He had a big opportunity to score in the first half, didn't he? he didn't take. Yeah, he should have done. Yeah. Should have put it away. And that I think we need to play a striker. And I've, we we're missing a substitute striker because Dwight Gale isn't really good enough to do the do he the role. Scored at Watford the last time he played against them, though, if I do remember. Uh, it was yeah, I, I would. St- <laughs> I would. I would start him. Just because I think we need that natural number nine outlook on it, and I don't think Joe Linton is it. I wouldn't be too disappointed if Bruce said I played the four two three one and went. Actually, I'm going to play Joe Linton out wide, maybe ahead of Ryan Fraser. Place the uh, max up front. No, I'd I'd still keep Saint Max out wide, but I think wide. you could you yeah. could have Joe Linton on the other on the other flank because I think there is a role from there to do a job. But I, I think it's in, so important that we play a natural striker if we are to shift to one up front, more important than when there's been two because they can kind of work off each other. I think Gale, for all his flaws, his movement is very good and I think we need him, need that movement in Wilson's absence. It's not ideal. Scorer. I know, he's, yeah. you know you're not going to get anything probably over seven or eight Yeah, that push from but mm-hmm. when called upon, you know, other than Wilson, I would feel most confident in Dwight Gill putting the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, it's not ideal. Like we, need, we we all knew we needed a backup striker, but no one really bangs on about it because there was other positions that needed filling more pressingly that didn't get yeah. done. There's just an absolute shambles of a transfer window, to be honest. So, yeah, I think we need to play a striker, and I think just give him the support, put th- three attacking players in behind him. And, you know, if we get caught out defensively, then it'll be annoying, but at least we've had a go. And I think... Actually, if we play on the front foot, we might have to do less defending anyway. Yeah, I think Bruce is going to be more pressured as well into playing more attacking football in these next few games because I think even he realizes now, 
maybe his job is at risk. And I've joked on in podcasts in the past and said his job is safer than Jurgen Klopp's. I don't think he's anywhere near the sack at the minute. But if he does lose to Watford and Wolves, and we've got was it, how many points have we got? Two points or three points? Two points two from points? the first. Two points five, from the first yeah. seven games. I mean, what was Frank de Boer sacked for? I think he was like none from. None did he lose the first five? Lose the first seven, didn't he? It's going to be a, a tough game, but. It, it, in terms of staying up in this division, which is the, primarily the goal for Newcastle this season, they've got to win this match. Pain and simple. 100%. But one, another positive, you know, we, we've spoke about, you know, we, we needed a backup striker and the midfield was desperate for to be bolstered as well. But the last two games, Sean Longstaff and Willock have been very good, I thought. I thought they were excellent and the, the game before the Leeds match. And I thought they were decent again. Uh, at, the, at the weekend, but one worry we did see on Twitter was a young lad got a photo with Joel Willock. I think he was in a retail park. Yeah, he had his foot strapped up. So that's a worry because if he's not fully fit, then I don't feel overly confident. Because who steps in? Because Shelby, we think, is still injured. Hayden played as a centre back. Is he going to come back into the midfield? I think it just lowers our chances of winning this game more if we don't have Willock in the team. I'm sure you'll agree with me. Yeah, we don't really have a midfielder in the same mould as Willock, other than obviously Willock, one that can is a bit box to box, can carry the ball, help out with the attacks. Because if he's injured, realistically, you're going to be bringing Isaac Hayden in, who's good at what he does, but he's not on the same level as yeah. Joe Willock. And and then you've got Jeff Hendrick, who, to be honest, has just been a waste of his shirts ever since we arrived. Yeah, it is a big worry, and it's come out of nowhere. Really, you haven't seen anywhere in the press that he's. Picked up a knock. I don't know. I mean, we'll the players wear, wear these things as like precautions for stuff. I, I don't. I well, doubt it. It does make me think that, right? Because he it wasn't cast up. He wasn't on crutches. He just had it on yeah. his foot. Now, Ryan Fraser, we saw that foot with him. Yeah. In Scotland training camp. He had a full boot on his leg. He had crutches and everything. And in two weeks, he was back on the bench. Yeah, so true. So if it's anything Very like true. that, then Willock should be fine for the weekend. Hope it is just a precaution. But in terms of injury doubts, Callum Wilson... We've not heard anything official. We, we'll get an update from Steve Bruce tomorrow, and by the time this podcast comes out, we'll know what the situation is or not. But we don't know this at the minute. But if he is, you know, he's not 100% fit, would you take the risk on starting them? Because I, I just think getting three points in this game is just huge, regardless of you know his fitness concerns. Honestly, I, I wouldn't. Like, if there's any doubt at all, I, I just wouldn't. Do you think we can win I without think, him? I, I'm not sure we can beat Watford without him, but I think if he gets injured for a long space of time and he wasn't 100%, we can't beat anyone. Well, we can. We were not going to beat many teams without him. No. And it's almost like we can take the hit. And against hit Watford, without Callum Wilson, we've got hot. We could, if we play well, we can still beat Watford. We should should be beating should Watford do, without be Callum without Wilson. Him, really. Yeah. So I think, don't don't risk him for me. If there's any sort of doubt at all, you save him. And if it's same for Wolves, if there's any sort of doubt for the Wolves game as well, give him an extra two weeks international break. Be be hundred. Just make sure because if he gets injured for a long, long time, yeah. we really are going to struggle. And Saint Maximum's not going to stay fit. And you're looking at you're looking at having a team without either of them in, and it's just it doesn't bear thinking about. It's so bleak. Well, we had it at that part last season, didn't we? I think we had a run oh, of it was horrible. We had a run of quite nice games, and then we had Maxi, Almiron, and Wilson out. I don't think we've picked yeah. any points. And then they came back and we had that really tough room. We're like, oh, we're going to get relegated here. And we pulled it out of the bag. Yeah. I think it's, it's a tough one because I would kind of lean towards playing him at the weekend, even right. if he's not fully fit, just because we've got two games coming up where 
it's it's a great opportunity to get six points on the board. And that's no disrespect yeah. to them sides, but they aren't of a certain class. I, I do think yeah. both sides will be in the bottom half, and I think Watford will be near and near about to the relegation zone. Yeah. And then after the international break, you know, he's got a week off after that. And then we've got Tottenham, which is a bit of a write-off, if you ask me. So we'll, we'll see what happens. He might be available, yeah. but Steve Bruce I has been very I... quiet with it. And they've also yeah. said, you know, they're not putting a time scale on it, which mm. can mean one of two things. It can be, look, when he's back, he's back. Or is, it's quite a serious injury and we just don't really want to freak anybody out. So we don't know anything about it yet. We don't know whether he's even on the grass, whether he's training. No. To be honest, I think if there's any sort of chance he can play, I think Wilson will push and push to try and, and play. Bruce because will, we've, and Bruce will take it, yeah. We've seen already that Wilson, he, he played through injections, didn't he, when he probably probably shouldn't have been. Yeah. And and to be fair, you could tell he wasn't quite at 100%, but he still scored two goals in three games. Mm-hmm. Like he, he can still contribute like that, but for me, personally, I'd rather wait until he's 100% when you're not... Because I think if you play through injuries, get the injection stuff, you're always going to have lots of like sort of small niggly injuries. You're not going to have a, like, a clean run at it. If you take a bit of a hit, as perilous as it seems at the minute, we're five games into the season. Yeah, I'd rather sacrifice time, another two of not having Callum Wilson and hopefully get the rest with him. But I, I think if there's any sort of chance he plays, he can play. I think he probably will. Yeah, I'm just looking at our next five games after the international break. So Watford and Wolves away the next two games. Then we've got Tottenham at home, which if we've got St Max and Wilson playing, I do fancy us in. Yeah, Crystal we Palace try, away. At least, uh... Yeah, Crystal Palace away is a. It's, it, it can go any way. It can go either way. Chelsea at home, no chance. Brighton away. Have we ever won at the Amex other than Mozi Army's wonder goal in the championship? <laughs> no. Brentford at home. Should be winning, and then after that, it's Arsenal, Norwich, Burnley, and then we've got that really tough run into Christmas. So, you might be right on that one, but we'll have to wait and see what the what the situation is with Callum Wilson. But I do think if he's eighty percent fit, Steve Bruce will start him. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think he's under too much pressure now. He needs points. Yeah, exactly. Plain and simple. Well, we'll finish off. We've got another thing to add on at the end. We're not going to finish on the score predictions today. We've got something quite good lined up, a little bit different what we usually do. But Watford away. Saturday afternoon, three o'clock kickoff at Vicarage Road. Score prediction, Dan. I think our record at Vicarage Road is pretty horrendous, and I don't yeah. think that's going to change. I think we'll probably get beat one nil. I'm gonna be positive because I think we have to at this time. <laughs> Steve Bruce needs a win, and I think these these times at the minute are quite similar to the Pardew days, where he'd pull a result out of the bag. I'm gonna go with. 3-1 to Newcastle and I keep saying 3-1 I don't know why just score them <laughs> yeah, but I think 3-1 if Wilson plays we'll win I think definitely if he doesn't win it's going to be a tough game I'm going to go 3-1 I'm going to remain positive I like it well we're going to move on to the final part usually we end on the score prediction but we're not going to today and FIFA 22 is just around the corner but of course Ultimate Team and FIFA ratings always spark plenty of debate and it's going to be non-different with the Newcastle players this year Ratings are out, and we've got some interesting ones. So the highest-rated player at the club remains Martin Dubravka. He was an 83 overall last year, so the highest being 99. Leo Messi, for example, is 93, so you, you, no one really gets 99. Dubravka is 81, down from 83, which, fair enough, after the season he had last year. I know he was, he was playing with injury, but he wasn't yeah, exactly... He was, was very was injured. injured. I mean, 81 seems about right... I don't know. Eighty-three. Mm. Is it? Did he deserve two downgrades? I, I don't know about that. Eighty-three is quite high, though. I it think. is quite high. Yeah, 
I'm quite surprised when you told me he was 83. Yeah, he had a great season though. He did have a great season. And then the second highest rated player at the club, or joint second highest, is Callum Wilson, who was a 78 last year. He is now a 79. They've given him 80 pace. Come oh, on. That's a joke. That Those hamstrings joke. are not great, but 80 pace and 79 overall. Like, For example, I'm just going to look here. What what rating is Danny Ings? Similar rating. 81 for Danny Ings. Right, well, Wilson should be 81 as well. But this one has sparked a lot of debate online, and there's a lot of people kicking off about it, because Alan St. Maximan... He's not just a popular figure amongst Newcastle fans, he's a, he's a popular figure amongst the FIFA community and a popular figure amongst really anyone with a social media account. Uh, 79 overall for St Maximan this year, he's down last year, he's been downgraded. Uh, it's the best player at this club by a country mile, was an 80 overall last year and he's now down to 79 and they've given him 69 shooting and 70 <laughs> passing. Like, do oh, you think AA are blind or do you think they're just guessing these ratings at this point? I, I don't know if they've like just looked at his... Um... How many goals and assists he got and gone? Yeah, he's not had a good mm, year. Yeah. But then, if if you watched Newcastle last season, when he came back, <laughs> there was a marked improvement, and he literally dragged us to to, to points and games. The only so game it, for me that always sticks in my oh, mind. that was just ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> he is so good, and seventy nine is is a bit disrespectful. The worst to be part honest. about it is right. If he was, if that was a Manchester United badge there next to his flag, he'd be eighty four. Oh, easily. Fourth highest rated player, Miguel Almiron, 77 overall. I think he was 78 or 79 last year. Fair downgrade, because I agree. If you'd asked me last season, I would have said no, but this season he's been pretty terrible, so yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. <laughs> and we'll, we'll brush through the ones you want to know. Carl Darlow's had an upgrade. He was a silver card last year. You've got to be a gold to be 75 and above. He's made it. He's a 76 rated gold. So Rightly so. Good on Darlow. Well deserved. John Joe Shelby's had a downgrade, he's now 75 overall, he's hanging on to his gold card, probably by his name. (laughs) But you have work rates on FIFA, right, so those who aren't familiar with it. You have attack and work rates, so you can have a high attack and a high defensive, medium attack and high. See how it gets, right? John Joe Shelby has low attack and work rate and a low (laughs) defensive work rate. Spot on. I take it back what I said about EA before, (laughs) they know what they're on about. Spot on. Tell you what's not spot on. Joel Willock being 75 overall. Ugh. Come on, yeah. He's, a, he's at least a 78 or 79. Imagine, like what you said about Manu, or say anyone in the top six scores seven goals in a row, that's at least 82, right? For example, what rating is Phil Jones? He can't well, be Phil Jones is a silver, he's not played for like three years. He's 74 overall. Phil Jones has not played for about four years, 74 <laughs> overall. Sean Longstaff and Jacob Murphy, 72 overall. <laughs> But we were talking the, about this before, right? And someone tweet me if you know this is correct, right? But has there ever been a player who has been bought for more than forty million pounds <laughs> in the last three years who was rated seventy four or below? Joe Linton is not a gold anymore; he's now a silver. Forty million quid, and he's a silver card. Disgust that. You've got a feel for him, haven't you? Yeah. Nothing, just nothing goes his way. At least he's a rare. Oh, it's something. That's one thing. Same as Jeff Hendrick. Jeff Hendrick's also a 74 rated silver. Oh, imagine so. costing 40 million, then two years later being told you're as good as Jeff Hendrick. <laughs> oh, you've got a feel way. for the lad. I think it's a perfect way to end this podcast, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Sending our best wishes also to Joe Kinnear and his family. Uh, we found out today that he's been living with dementia for the last uh, six years, so 
best wishes to all his family uh, on that front. But this has been Time Warp brought to you by Valve UK. Make sure you do check out our website for our comprehensive coverage of Newcastle United, the rest of the Premier League, the AFL and of course the Champions League. From us two lads, thank you very much for listening and we will catch you all next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.